a quick message from one of our sponsors who we love. 20 original recipes, 75 hot sauces to top it off with endless possibilities. You know who I'm talking about, California Tortilla. Whether you order off their go-to menu or you enjoy something different every time, California Tortilla's 27 D.C. area locations are eager to serve you. chilling are you yeah oh yeah you give me this look like you know i have a surprise <gasps> what do you have sur- i love surprises well, well i mean it's more s- of a surprise for myself but i decided i wanted to get actually you know what i should probably play the disclaimer first, okay just hit in the case. disclaimer because i feel like this kind of surprise may cause you to swear and or lose your bodily oh, functions all right this is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship wait oh. what this is your disclaimer the uh-huh. Hey Fridge podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. Okay, how am I going to lose my bowels over this? What? Because, all right, it's that holiday season, right? A.K.A. the Christmas time. And I have rocked my holiday sweater for you. My new holiday sweater for this year. Oh, I can't wait to see what it is. Thanks to my good friends over <laughs> what, Sam at Adams? Sam Adams. Okay, I am rocking. Look at this bad boy. This is amazing. Look wait at how second, awesome this is. Look at how good this is. Just be jealous right I, now of how good I look in this. You look so it's got good. bells. Okay, it's one of those cheesy holiday like. Oh my god! Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. I need to take a photo of this. Mm-hmm. This is so good. Mm-hmm. What? This is like a collector's item. Where did you get this? I feel like people are gonna want this. Well, you know, I know Sam. Adams from Sam. Yeah, I know Sam from Sam Adams. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's how you got it. S- I'm just going to pretend like that didn't actually happen right there and just say, like, well, no. I, mean, I thought you were kidding. Like, you know, yeah. obviously I have you don't friends. Know. I got friends who work in the beer industry. So, yeah, man. And, you know, boom. Wanted to get this. I was Sammy, just... that is epic. Are you going to be wearing that to all holiday parties? All holiday parties. I'm so excited. And it's already so annoying. Like, can I tell you, I was walking down the street earlier today, and that's why I finally had to put my jacket on and, like, buckle it up tight. Because the ringing of this makes dogs on the street go ape shit. Like, dogs are barking at me and trying to come at me. Like, one dog just literally jumped on me. This is so awesome. Are you oh my jealous? God. And by the way, okay, so this is red and green. It has, like, a fake pocket and a Sam Adams. Oh, it's no, not it's a fake a pocket. pocket. That's a real pocket that says Sam Adams. It's got Sam Adams, like, bottle like what, bottle tops as the buttons all the way up. And then it's sleeveless. So it but it's, like, super retro. Like it, yeah. What's it say in the back? Anything or just has the bells? I don't bells? know. I, I don't look at my back, Sarah. Oh, it just has Sam Adams on the shoulders, and then this, like, scenic tree. Oh, my gosh. Huh? Aren't you jealous that you are not in the holiday spirit today, but I am? <laughs> the Muslim is in the holiday spirit, Sarah, but you're not. You look like a drunk elf. Well, that's, <laughs> no, oddly enough, if only you knew the yes, whole story behind yes. how I got the sweater, it actually did involve me somewhat being a drunk elf. You do so. look like a drunk elf. Yeah. That is so good. Oh, my God. I love it. How fun. Well, we are in the festive holiday spirit here uh-huh. at the New Fraser Podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Sarah Fraser and Sammy Kay. Uh, Sammy Kay is rocking down. I just have nothing on. I just have, well, I mean, I do have No, you're wearing on. your normal, like, yeah. lesbian Chewbacca look. That's, like, your go-to, like, you know. Oh, um, excuse like, me. I have a brown sort of high-sleeved uh, sweater on. It looks like Chewbacca. With a jean uh, shirt under. That looks like, never mind. And um, burgundy 
leggings. I'm with just black saying boots. my style, I don't Sarah. Think that's my style. No, okay, Sarah. Hold on. You got to embrace what your style is. I embrace that my style is grandpa chic. Okay, I like to dress. You go look at me. You go, wow, a grandpa would probably wear that, but then he wouldn't wear like the chicer side. You know what I mean? So my style is grandpa chic. Okay. Okay. You just got to embrace that yours is. A bisexual Chewbacca. You're saying, like, I'm the Eddie Bauer Subaru edition, okay? Like, that is not who I look like. No, I didn't say Eddie Bauer Subaru edition, okay? Maybe that would be just full lesbian. Yeah, I said that you were the Chewbacca, so add a little bit more facial hair to that. I'm more of a Kristen Stewart, if you will. Does Kristen Stewart have a mustache? (laughs) Yes. She looks like a hairy woman. There you go. Then, yeah, you're good. There, okay. Yeah. All right, I'll take that. I've embraced it. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, welcome to the show. We have tons to get to on the podcast today. Uh, I am dying to know if there's any science behind this or not, but recently on my Snapchat, I put out that I have been getting random scratches, like on my face or my arms, like I wake up, one on my back. Like, I wake Mm. up and I randomly get these scratches, and I want to know where these come from. And someone told me that they come from violent dreams. From violent dreams? What kind of violent dreams would you have? None, but I I usually remember all of my dreams, and I'm trying to think of... I don't um, remember any of mine. Ever? No. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that's a byproduct of marijuana inhalation, Sarah. Oh. Yeah, you don't remember your dreams. Sorry to... Oh, I remember, like, all my dreams. Yeah, I don't remember any of my dreams. I haven't actually remembered a dream in years. Last night, I was trying to go out to dinner with my friends Tamara and Teresa, but it was really odd because they had aged extremely. Like, they were really older, old, and I was like, God, what happened? Oh, and like we Benjamin were, Button? Yeah, and we were at an amusement park trying to eat, like, a nice dinner there. It was really strange. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. Maybe that forced me to scratch myself. But I'd be curious to see your thoughts if you think that. That's true. Okay, I could see you having violent dreams. So, all right, can't we talk about this later? Really? Oh yeah. Um, and you know, we mentioned this a while ago, but I never got to the story that Sleeping Beauty complex is real. There's a woman that apparently has it. Not really a woman. She's like 18, and you can follow her journey. Uh, and then I also want to know if you would ever consider using breast milk soap. Breast milk soap. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, of all people, I feel like maybe you would use that. I mean, I would definitely make some breast milk ice cream or like a breast milk creme brulee. Because you have tried breast milk, right? Even though you're not a dad. No, okay. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Stop. Stop before you start these horrible rumors about me. I have a friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Who was hooking, I've told you this, that he was hooking up with a lady that had just given, like, birth, but clearly she wasn't with the baby daddy anymore. And, you know, he kind of started to play with them and end up oh, tasting a little oh, bit. But no. then I, and then from there, then I heard some other friends of mine that are married tell me like, oh yeah, dude, we've all tasted it. And then I was like, oh. And then I, I believe I said on the air that I have a theory that all men that are married and have a kid have at least tasted breast milk at least once in their life. And then that's when the rumor started that I supposedly drink breast milk, but I don't. I just oh, said I have a theory that every it. guy who has had a child has got definitely it. tasted the breast milk. Because, you know, you're going to sit there, see if it's warm, put it on your, like, you know, you put it on the bottom, on the back, on the back of your wrist, right? The top of your wrist. Yeah. To see if it's warm or not, you know, like the milk's warm. You're just gonna taste it just to be like, is it good? Because I've always heard that breast milk is like it's like tangy. It, it's not good, yeah. Well, like no, it's, it's just like it's like drinking like a good mango last. You know, it's gonna have more tang to it. It's gonna be more like a yogurt drink than it is like homogenized milk. Well, we'll tell you all about this woman who's selling it, and you can order it. And she says it's a miracle for your skin. 
I mean, that would be my only reason for possibly trying it. Possibly. Well, I do know that like anything that's related for a baby is supposed to be a miracle for your skin. I do. Want Don't to you remember like... that Tommy Hilfiger, like the designer, was notoriously known because he had like this bottle of eye cream that was like two hundred dollars for this little tiny bottle of eye cream, but it was made with like the leftover like circumcision pieces of skin from babies. He oh, didn't know this. So he would literally have it. They would take like the leftover skin from babies' penises. Is this story true? I'm, I swear I Let saw it on Google. MTV. Google it. That Tommy Hilfiger used to put baby penis eye cream on. Tommy Hilfiger. And it cost a lot of money. Just type in baby penis eye cream. Baby penis eye cream. I, I bet it's probably the, the, maybe circumcision. But baby penis eye cream. Uh, Look at this. Foreskin? Skin, no. skin scream made from foreskins. Here you go. Oprah uses a, Oprah uses it too. Oh. <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah. Um, okay. It's called the Essential Serum by Skin Medica. Yeah, and it was like this huge thing back back remember when Tommy Hilfiger's daughters had like one of the first reality shows? Yeah. Right? I remember like, that. His, like his daughter and like the best friend. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. And they used to use this Skin Medica or whatever, this stuff, and it was like $150 a thing, and they would literally take baby foreskins, puree it into this like eye ointment, and and dab it right on. What the fuck were we talking about that I end up talking about baby foreskins? I have no idea. And okay. that is why you have all kinds of knowledge up there because I had never heard of that before. We were basically talking about this woman doing breast cream. Breast milk soap. Okay, right. got it. Breast all right. milk soap. Oof. That's supposed to be a miracle for your skin. Now I'm back on the show. All right, guys. <laughs> You're welcome back. <laughs> um, you know, obviously with all the holiday parties that are happening, so women, do you think that like women in your life, you know, you're dating some. Somebody. You have a lot of female friends outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you think that women have been out drinking more thanks to the whole Instagram, social media push of wine o'clock? Like, we're on Instagram. You'll always see all these women now putting, like, wine memes up. They've been doing it for a while. But oh, like, yeah. But wine o'clock is a thing. It's always time for wine. Um, you know, like all the T-shirts that all the ins- that all the bloggers wear. Like to me, it's ridiculous life because brunch rosé. Yeah, it's, it's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I usually hate most of those people when I see them and I start to unfollow them on Instagram. But I don't understand because somehow wine has turned into this thing that I guess for like you know single white women out there. It doesn't contain alcohol, but it's an alcoholic beverage for everyone else in the world. Unless you're a single white woman that happens to have a blog, that happens to have a blog, then for some reason they drink wine like it's literally water. Yeah, and, and rose. they pretend like it's rose not. Rose yeah. like that. Well, but it's always wine, shitty but... rose. It's always shitty wine, <laughs> shitty rose. How do you? You know, I don't know much about roses until this whole like trend came on. How Instagram? much are you paying for this bottle of rose? I never buy rose. Twelve dollars. Because... It's a piece of shit rose. I'm just going to warn you right now. <laughs> Well, when they come back, they go, oh, yeah, but we got the big jug. Look at this. It's like, that's a piece of shit rosé. I'm telling you right now. If it comes in a jug, it's a piece of shit. And rosé is always like a pinkish color. I mean, wasn't that the original Franzia boxed wine? It was disgusting. Like rosé is not good to begin with. Like, <laughs> But wait, do, do you know? Because you're more of the food travel expert on this show than I am. And what, what is in rosé? Is it just like aged what do you mean? Less? Like what makes it up? Yeah, like what? I makes think it's it just a mix of the grapes. The... Yeah. Oh God. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that much about wine to oh, know. Okay. Like, rose. Well, you were, I was wondering if you had a recommendation because everybody on Instagram drinks it. I wondered if you had a recommendation for the best bottle. Well, no. I mean, my dad. I'll tell you this though. I don't really like wine that much just because my dad is so into it. 
Oh, he is? Yeah. He's I so didn't into know it. this. I would have had wine with your dad when he was here. My father owns wine stores. He's like oh, he's like he the does? largest like seller of wine in like that whole area of Florida. Yeah. That's, oh, that's what he amazing. does. He's like a big wino. See, now I learn more about your life. I thought he owned a convenience store. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I just tell you, like, yeah, my dad owns a store. And I think the assumption was because he's an Arab, it must be a convenience store. No, I didn't make any assumption. You'd said over the years that Because he, he has was... a gas station, too. Ah, I got yeah, you. You thought like... you were a racist for a second there. <laughs> no. Uh, by the way, the rosé happens when the skins of the red grapes touch the wine for only a short time. Oh, that's what Where makes Where with rose. red wine, they leave the skins in there, I guess. Longer. Longer. We need your dad on the show for this as an expert. Um, well, according to new research, they say more and more women are drinking larger amounts, which, of course, can lead to other health problems, including cancer and various other things um, because of the march of wine o'clock that's seen daily drinking is now the norm for many women, putting them at li- at risk of long-term harm. I mean, you want to call him? We can ask him. He sure, would know about call. wine o'clock, you know, if it's actually a real thing or not. He's probably asleep still, I'm not going to lie. My dad parties harder than I, I do. I don't think we've ever had your dad. I haven't talked to your dad in, like, years. I feel like he hasn't been on the show since, I don't think I've talked like... to him in years either. I hope he still remembers me. <laughs> you just saw him a couple of weeks or a month ago. Dad, it's your son, the one you don't like. Who? Who? Hey, Pops, what's up? Hey, can you hear me? Dad. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Sammy. It's your son. You're on the air with me right now. Are you the good? Say what now? You're on the air with me, Dad. Can you hear me? You're live on the podcast. Sam, I can hear you. What is it? Okay, all right. uh, He's just, all right, we'll talk to you later, Dad. Bye, Dad. We'll talk to you later. Hello? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's so, <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think he knew it was you. He doesn't right. know. I guarantee he's probably oh pretending. Oh my god, that was the best moment. He had no clue. He doesn't. Yeah, well, we gotta call him every month now and see if one time he recognizes he'll who never, you are. If you're I doing. called him, I guarantee we could actually make up like names and he would just talk to you like it was like normal people. Wait, wait. Do you think if you called and you said this was Jeff from Geico and you were like just selling, like, do you think he would even? Well, let's put- try it again. <laughs> You want to call the home instead? Let's call the home. That way he won't realize it's a different number this time. <laughs> yes, call him. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. He's calling me back. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, yay. Hello? Yeah, what, what is it, babe? Yo, can you hear me? You're on the air Sammy with us. Dad. Yeah, we're trying to... We're... Oh, I, I, I could not hear you before. I can hear you now. Okay. Oh, okay. We have a question for you. Have you seen a big okay. increase in um, rosé sales because everybody's drinking at wine o'clock. Absolutely. Rosé has been taken off for the last five to six years. Oh, my God. A lot of people, especially in Florida, being, uh, you know, uh, very hot uh, all year round, people have been more... Uh, the only problem with the rosé, people don't know what a rosé is. They see the color, they think of a white Zinfandel, which is a cheap white That's like your Franzia, wine. right? But now that they're discovering, no, that a rosé is not really sweet, they're really getting into it. And people that travel uh, all over Europe, especially in the south of France, when they go there, like uh, Côte de Provence, they, they, they find that people always offer rosés. And they are thing, taking really? a big, big, big time. That's my dad's thing, by the way. He'll sit there and he'll talk to you about wine, and then halfway through he'll say, Côte de Provence, and he'll say it with a really good French accent. Boom, that's how he gets you to buy it. Right, Dad? <laughs> That's oh, your... maybe maybe I should say Coach de Provence. There you go. <laughs> oh my God! Such so yeah. So wait. So have you noticed voice. that people are actually buying more wine now because of like the blogs, the Instagrams, and all this wine o'clock yeah. stuff? Or do you not even really see that? 
and uh, and the world is not as big as it used to be. So now with all of the, uh, for the you know the Facebook and uh, Twitter and all of that, people have uh, I, I'm really exposed to more things than uh, what they used to be exposed to. In the old days, all you hear is people say, "I want a Pinot Grigio," "I want a Chardonnay." That was it. Now they they really you know. Uh, adventure and take you know a lot of uh, unknown grapes that uh, especially here in the United States people are not used to. All right, but yep. uh, I just have few few uh, young ladies in front of me here oh, that yeah. wanted to try some grapes they never had in the past. So. All right, well here, Dad, I'm going to ask you one last question. We'll let you go, okay? If someone comes in, what okay. wine? Okay, if someone comes in, they order this wine, they ask to buy this wine, you immediately think they're going to be an asshole. Like, what wine immediately makes you an asshole yeah. if I ask for it? Good question. So I know not to order it when I go out. That would be a white Zinfandel. Oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Mr. Cabrasi, you're amazing. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hey. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. He's so cute. He's like... That is the first time I think I've, I've ever talked to your dad on the show, like, since, oh, my God, old radio days. I feel like the last time I had ever heard him on air was when he was singing a song. I think our yeah. parents had, like, a sing-off or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the first so time he's ever he done it. he owns wine stores. Yeah, he sells wine. That's what he does. Oh, no. Same. All the things I learned about you. I mean, no here, you, okay, he owns a gas station that's like a convenience store with like sandwiches and beef jerky and da da da. Then he owns a smaller store that's mainly a wine store ah. that sells high end wines, pates, da da, fancy stuff like that, but also still has your basic, you know. If you need like beers and stuff, okay, right? You can okay, get that too. You can get your cigarettes there too if you want. And then he owns like a dive bar, but he doesn't like it when I call it a dive bar. He likes to say it's a nicer establishment. Which the Real Housewives of Sarasota were. He wanted them to shoot. There. He wanted to shoot yeah. there, which by the way was not a real thing. Okay, <laughs> just so you know, it was a thing that they tried to tape and it never right. Took it never off. took off. Never but really I love your took dad. off. Yeah. Oh my god! But no, my dad had like he likes to say it's not a dive bar, but yet if you ask him what the number one selling shot at his bar is, you know what it is? The number. Uh, oh my god! Number one chata. selling shot at his bar at a Dive bar, rum chata, Sarah. What kind of dive bars serve rum chata? No. Well, I've always thought rum chata is like a really cheap drink. I don't know. Rum chata, Sarah. That's like a nice. Like what? What dive bar? Where can I go to? Ohula hands and get a rum chata? Everywhere. Can't you get a rum chata shot everywhere now? It's that's like another thing. A rum. Ch- I want to go to the dive bars you're going to that have rum chata and mojitos. Okay. No, he's got one. It's called the Smurf Pussy. Oh. The shot is called the Smurf Pussy, Sarah, and it's literally just a mix of sugar and a bunch of other shit together. Well, we'll have to go to Florida. We'll have to go down to the Tampa, yeah, we'll to the Tampa Bay some, area and really... Uh, go down to Helms Beach, go check out my dad at Decoy Ducks and order some Smurf Pussies. Decoy Ducks? I love it. We've <laughs> got to go down there. Oh, my God. Um, anyhow, they're saying the whole point of our story was basically that wine o'clock has encouraged women to drink more and, like we mentioned, can cause major, major health backlashes. So they're saying um, don't... <laughs> fall into it and they haven't seen this many drinking at such high levels since the 1950s when basically women were like repressed housewives also did you not notice that my dad was selling wine to somebody at like 10 (laughs) in the morning anybody else thought that was like i'm just gonna throw that out there yeah they were coming in and sampling wine they're probably probably on vacation they're ready to get you know let's get tipsy it's wine o'clock it's wine o'clock yeah it's never too early for wine um you can tell if someone is kind by their wealth uh do you think this is true the wealthier you are the less empathetic you become 
the and wealthier you are, the less empathetic I become. Yeah, the okay. less empathetic and kind you become. Wealthier yeah. people uh, begin to lose touch with being kind. So I shouldn't say they can still have empathy, but they're less kind to the everyday person. You think that's true? Yeah, because they haven't needed the help of they haven't needed the kindness of others in so long that they don't understand how good it feels. Maybe that's it. But you know, it's, it's, it's like I find like I don't know. It's easy for me, maybe, because I'll sit there and I'll be running to catch them. So I'm like, hold on, I got you to open the door for me. Like something as simple as that. Where if you live in a fancy apartment complex, you have a driver driving you around everywhere. You have, they're opening doors. They're doing everything for you because they feel they need to, not because they're kind to you. You know what I mean? It's so like when I keep the door open for a stranger because they have a bunch of groceries in their arms. That's me showing empathy because I go, I'll be there too soon. I would want someone to do the same thing for me. Well, here's what they say. So this study came from a chronicle of, of philanthropy that showed that affluent people in wealthy zip codes are less generous than equally affluent affluent people in mixed income communities. So if you live in this affluent little enclave where everybody else is the same, like kind of what you were saying, yeah. then people are less likely to help you out. Because if you no never, one needs anybody. If you never see a homeless person or a trailer park, it's easier to forget they exist. But a lot of it comes down to the sheer capacity for empathy, and it turns out that some people have more of it than others. And unfortunately, it all breaks down to wealth. The wealthier you get, the less empathetic. They also say that wealth creates this vision of, hey, look, I worked really hard and became this. I have all this, so I have less empathy for somebody who is struggling because get off your butt, get working, and then you could have what I have. Which is not the same, which I... I think that's the biggest misconception that people have is they go, well, I worked for all this. Yeah, but you were given advantages along the way. To say that someone isn't working just as hard. I know people, I have friends of mine that work 10 times harder than I could ever work. But, but unfortunately, they were put at a disadvantage at a young age, and they're still trying to recover from that. So you think everybody that gains great wealth comes from, has some sort of advantage? I think that you're at least at one point given an advantage, yeah. You are definitely given an advantage. Or, or do you mean more like of a break? You're given a break, or but the, the break is an advantage. Because I don't think that's right. I mean, I think a lot of people come from nothing and make themselves into something. Well, yeah, but I mean, but there's also a lot, lot of, of people. But, yeah, but uh, hold on. But I'm just saying, though, you can't sit there when you had, you know, when your parents sent you through college and your parents, you know, paid for your apartment for three summers so you could intern somewhere. And then you have this great job. And, yeah, you have to work 60 hours a week at this job and you work your ass off. But let's be honest. There's people that are working 60, 70 hours a week. That aren't getting paid nearly as much that have been working just as hard as you, but because they were not given those little bits here, you know, when you had the opportunity to go intern somewhere, unfortunately, they had to go get a summer job and actually just like but I think do a lot re- of people you know what I mean? That come from okay, I, I think we're on the same page, but just maybe. yeah, I just say there's there's but you can't say that I, the notion of hey, well, I worked for it, why don't you? That doesn't really that's not a good argument because people have their own people are. No one's not everyone is starting at the same point. Well, I also think not everybody wants it. So you can't really impose like if you have great wealth and success, not everybody wants that. No. You know, because with it comes more responsibility. But the people that do want it have to realize that people are starting at different starting points. So anyway, they say that uh, many Americans are, and this is like shocking too. But anyway, they break down more and more on social media that many Americans are only vaguely aware of things like Syrian refugee crisis that is happening, and lots of times that happens with if you're in between that like you have money but you're not uber rich so the wealthier you become the more disconnected you become with mm-hmm. what's going on around you that's fascinating that's interesting to me and kind of a sad reality because i feel like we need but you can see it you had a guy running for president that said what is aleppo 
Okay. I know. He didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> he did not win. But, yeah. Uh, we both had... I haven't had a roommate in years. Well, I guess Dan is a roommate, right? Yeah. You have a roommate, I, Sarah. Okay. I have... Yeah, but I have a roommate, but I'm not, like, in the sense Just of... Just because you sleep with him doesn't mean it's not a roommate. It's still a roommate. It's still something you got to share time with. You're splitting rent. That is true. See? Um, now, you've had roommates over the years. Yeah, I did not sleep with them, though. Did you ever give them a set of questions? You know how now it's really popular to audition them or they have to come in and socialize with you before so you can kind of see? Did you ever do that um, when you were I've looking never, for somebody? What I would do is I'd invite them to come check it out and hang. I'd be like, yeah, if you want to come check out the apartment, you know, come hang. I would always make it very apparent on whatever post I posted that this house smokes marijuana. Oh, good. Okay. So you would really... So I would make sure that they knew that, right? And so, and honestly, the last, like, three roommates I've ever had, they walked in, and they had a joint on them, and they saw us smoking weed, and they are like, oh, shit, I brought one, too. And we go, great, you should live here. You clearly understand how the dynamic of the house works. Like, Well, I mean, I'm sure... Because that's probably your big, your number one thing, right? Was well, no, that? because people who don't want smokers don't want to live with a smoker. You know what I mean? And so I post it right off the bat to be like, hey, by the way... I don't smoke cigarettes in the house. If you want to smoke cigarettes, you can smoke on the balcony. You can smoke weed in your place all you want to. I don't care about but that. But you're cool with that. Well, here are the eight questions that they say that you should ask a roommate to avoid ongoing drama and drama after you move in. So I'm curious to see if, of course, Dan and I asked each other none of this. But um, but if you, and we're, I think it's like a different kind of roommate when you're in a relationship with them versus just. Uh, yeah. It's hard know. to ask the questions when you have your mouth full. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, well, here, did you ever discuss this? Do you want to share groceries? They say as more and more millennials live in cities, um, the idea of, and as, as refrigerators get smaller in living spaces, did you ever coordinate that you guys would, you ate the same foods? Hey, let's share groceries. No. Um, Never. No, no. If anything, it would be aren't like. You always on your own? Like, I'd be curious, who, what roommates then, you know, coordinate with each other and share groceries? That's like, amazing. That's ridiculous to me. No, because yeah. also we all eat different times, different schedules, different this. Like, you know, I, also I found the issue is like, so we make it. There's four portions. We both ate one for dinner. I'm home for lunch the next day. I want to eat my portion. Who eats the, it? Like, who eats, you know, like, like who eats that last? Like, Good I'm, question. And so at this point, I've always done, like, communal things we'll share. So, like, sugar, salt, flour, oils will always split. Like, you know what I mean? I'll do stuff, like, stuff that everyone's going to use. You know, because if you're cooking, you're going to need oil. You're going to need salt. You're going to need pepper. You know what I mean? Those yeah. basic things that everyone's going to use, because I don't need four boxes of salt at my place. You know what I mean? That's cheap enough that it's a dollar investment for the house that... You know, you buy it, you buy it. But I would never do, like, actual sharing, like, proteins the and, the you know, the vegetation and all that stuff. Well, I'd be curious to see if people do that. Uh, they also say, are you a morning or a night person is big, which I would think would be huge. Obviously, if you're a night owl, but the your other roommates need to get up at 6 a.m., that's probably going to be bothersome to both people. I would think that would be a big one. I always ask if you're a light sleeper because I'm a deep sleeper, so I don't care what your schedule is. I'm going to sleep through it anyways. But if you're a light sleeper, just know that I'm going to be up late. I'm going to be up early. Uh, do you have frequent extracurricular activities, which is smoking marijuana, drug yeah. use, or other things? Yeah, Heavy I do. drinking. Hell yes. yeah, I do. Uh, how do you divvy up chores? Did you guys ever do chores? That was my problem. When the one time I did have a roommate, uh, which was a girl from Mount Holyoke, and we the first year I lived in D.C., I had a roommate. She didn't really do any chores, and I wish I'd had this list to ask her because. Um, 
she would just leave food in her room until the cockroaches came. Yeah, what's so, wrong with that? It's her room, not your room. Get over it. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I wasn't really down with How did you even smell. notice? Were you going in her room and snooping? No, she had a dog, and she would actually leave wet dog food out. So you could first smell the wet dog food. And then she'd also just put down newspapers. This was before they had, like, the little, like, doggy pads. Pads, yeah. Uh, so the dog would pee and poop on the newspaper. So you could also smell that. And then you could see the cockroaches crawling in from the door. Like, they'd come up through the um, garbage disposal, and then they would head into her uh, room. Sound like a party to me. <laughs> she would have been a good roommate for you, because it I was mean, not my idea of rooming together. No. Uh, do you want a friendship or a simple, peaceful coexistence? So they say, and I think that one's a really good one. You guys want to be friends? Are you looking to hang out with each other, or are we just, like, passing in the night? That's oh, I always tell, like, there. no, if we become friends, it's one thing, but I mean, I'm not, like, going to invite you out to dinner with me. But did you and your past roommates ever disclose that? You no. always hung out with your past Well, yeah, because we'd be sitting there. Because we're guys, and it's easier. We'd be sitting there. They'd come home from work. I'd be home. I'd be smoking a bong. They'd want to hit the bong. they want to go get a beer. i go, you know what, shit, I'll go get a beer. And we'd go out and we'd get a beer. And the next thing we know, we're meeting up with their friends. or my, You know what I mean? Like uh, Some of the other ones really quickly on the list are how should we manage bills? They also say, what are your pet peeves? And then is there anything else I should know about you was also big on the list. And they mean that by, like, do you have any anxiety? disorder, peanut allergy. Uh, some of those things need to come out because you never know what someone's quirks or illnesses are until you actually live with them. That Do I, you have any quirks or illnesses that you need to tell? Oh, I guess you do have the anal fissure. <laughs> yeah, but that's like healed now. No, but I would not be a good person to like room with. I mean, if it doesn't work out with Dan, I don't ever see myself having a roommate. Like, I'll just downsize to a tiny little studio. To a or tiny something. studio and I would cats, <laughs> cats, tons of cats. I do want a cat. You are finally feeling it, huh, Sarah? Just so you know, that's your biological clock saying meow, meow, meow. I do want a cat. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, but we just figured like the hassle to move would be impossible. So I'm not going to move now just for the cat. And no one's home. We're not like home enough. I mean, the poor cat cat. would be like solo. It's a cat, Sarah. I hate to break it to you. Cats don't need anything. You can leave cats for days at a time and they're fine. Put some food, put some water. That cat's in heaven. Well, anyway, I'm not moving, but I would be a terrible roommate. Because I, I go to bed at like 8.30. I don't like a lot of noise. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't you're a light like sleeper. much. That's why I would have asked you. Are you a light sleeper? You'd have been like, yes. I'd been like, sorry, then you can go find the door. Smoking weed in the house would totally bother me. Like, I could never be down with that. Why? Because I just the it's ongoing like smell. No, but hold on. You don't really know the smell of weed. Because so weed is not like cigarettes. Cigarettes stick to shit, right? So if you're smoking cigarettes inside a house, it'll smell like cigarettes. And everything will smell like cigarettes. Weed, you literally pop open a window or have a fan, you leave, and it's whatever. Why like, do people um, burn incense, though, just to mask the smell? They try to do it to mask the smell so that the cops don't come in. Now I don't care anymore because <laughs> the cops don't give a shit. Um, I'm wondering why I wake up. I'm currently waking up with uh, random cuts on my face and back. Honestly, I have, right I have a theory on this. I have a theory on this, and it's only because I've done it once in my past. And I feel like this may not be your fault, Sarah. Well, good. I'm, I'm dying to know because these random cuts keep appearing. And so I put this on Snapchat and someone Snapchatted me and they were like, well, you're having violent dreams. And I'm like, I don't think I am because I remember most of my dreams. So what's your theory? No, I was going to say that. Um, have you upset Dan at any point in the past, you know? <laughs> You think he's cutting me at Just night? Just listen to me. Have you upset Dan at any point in the last few months? No. But, like, We're... deeply hurt him, but which you know he should have been upset about, but he didn't say anything about it. Mm. He just let it boil. Mm. No, 
No, because he brings it up. He brings stuff up to me. Okay, and I'm gonna bring up a hypothetical situation in which I was younger. Okay. And this girl had really upset me. This girl I was dating had really upset me, right? And I let it sit there. I let it boil inside me for months until finally one day I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just really pissed about it, right? And I toss and turn when I sleep. So I decided, all right, Sammy, you should take a little bit of a turn. And I aggressively turned and may have accidentally elbowed her in the face while doing so. You know, but it was like more like I was like, Ugh. you know, it's like I just jerked my body really fast. And then she's like, oh, my God. My, and the next day she goes, my face really hurts. I feel like I got hit in the face. And I was like, what? I have no idea what, what? he's talking yeah. about. Why would you say that story? It was hypothetical, Sarah. I mean, it's hypothetical. Not good. Oh, my no, God. No, I was saying it was like I, not like I sat and I like elbow dropped her. <laughs> but when I turned around, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I just gave it a little bit. When I would turn my body, I gave it a little bit more of an aggressive, you know, hit. Oh, my God. I'm trying to Google. Are you sure that Dan hasn't punched you is what I'm trying to ask you? Yeah, no. Dan Are, would never do I mean, I, I'm not getting bruising. I'm getting these small, like, So maybe he's just taking like a little, fingernail. maybe he's, yeah, exactly, he's taking his nail and it's like, you bitch. I feel like I would feel that. I Because I'm not that deep of a sleeper. Um, anyhow, if you look, do you do you know the reason? Because I'm Googling this, but it doesn't come up. It tells all these stories of, hey, well, my hold kid. On. Is the violent dream directed towards you? Or are you being, like, these dreams that you're having, are they being directed towards you? Like, is the violence happening towards you, Sarah? Or is the violence happening in a way? Or you don't well, sort of remember the dream the, at all? I don't remember having any violent dreams. Like, so then what was the dream about recently. then? That you woke up the next day, you had a scratch in your face. What was that dream that about? That one was about going to eat with my friends Tamara and Teresa. Okay, so it was about eating with your friends? And then, yeah, and they had aged a lot. We were at an amusement park, and it was supposed to be fine dining. We were kind of annoyed that it wasn't like a fine restaurant. Okay, okay. I'm still trying to Google, by the way. What I'm just telling you, this? though, this may make... I mean, all right, hold on. What were you eating in this dream? I don't think we'd sat down to eat to So eat you weren't yet. actually eating yet, about right? about their age, yeah. Well, they're saying that maybe you... Because if you were going out to eat, then that may be a sign of you needing something, uh, nourishment emotionally or spiritually from those friends before you guys get to a point in which you're so old. Oh, interesting. So whoever these friends were, maybe there's something. I'm reading this online. Don't look at me like I'm interested or I'm a genius or anything. I'm literally reading this, what it says here. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're saying that so maybe it's your friends that you have some unresolved issues that you feel like. You know, are are these friends? Do they have families? Do they have kids? Um, yes, they have kids. So maybe that's the unresolved issue that you're like, hey, you know, because that's why you're having these. You know, you're going out to dinner with them because you're trying. You're going out to eat with them because you're trying to resolve these issues in which you feel that you're behind. And that's why they're older than you, and, and you're still younger wisdom. because they have the kids. They got the marriage. Maybe you're saying in your dreams, I need to get married and have kids so I can. They're married to each other, so maybe that's a sign. too. That's a sign too. You should just <laughs> join them, Sarah. <laughs> Ask them what they think about a threesome. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> just give me like that. That was the line. They're like moms. I, you know, I love them dearly as like aunts or whatever, but not no. Okay. Um, look, all right. Maybe somebody has like a more because clearly we're not doctors, so maybe you have a more reason as to why. Wait, first off, there is no dream doctor. I'm going to throw that out there. So if you try to no, be a I'm Sarah like and try a to say a medical person that can say why you end up with random cuts on your body. Not like a dream expert. Oh, I thought you actually meant like a dream expert. <laughs> no. I already have that story coming up of, you know, we haven't done it yet. And I, I still want to give people the signs they're being visited by a guardian angel. You are nuts that crazy. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I love that story. Really? What is this? Touched by an angel? <laughs> I, I feel like you loved that. I was going to say, I feel like you loved that show, didn't you? You loved Touched that by an Angel great. growing up. Uh, anyhow, you can always email us and be following us online. 
Our emails are Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFrage.com. Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. S-A-M-Y-K at HeyFrage.com. Uh, social media, the Sammy K is on mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, at HeyFrage on Instagram, Snapchat. I feel like I already have like other names. HeyFrage Show, on, sorry, HeyFrage Show on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter is HeyFrage. So follow us and let us know if you have figured out why exactly you have that. Uh, Jasmine, uh, Jasmine Overton is 37 years old, now says she's making a fortune by manufacturing and selling Australian breast milk soap. Australian breast milk soap. I heard Australian mm-hmm. breast milk's the best breast milk. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet those women are like hardy, natural women. Um, she says that her sister approached her with this idea about a year ago, and the sister had so much excess breast milk, she hated to see it go to waste. The sister would sell some of the breast milk online, but they figured, hey, why not make it into soap as well? Word of mouth got around. The hobby has now turned into a business, and they say that they're doing really well this year. Um, defrosted breast milk uh, has natural oils in it. Ooh. Those oils they use in a bath and body soap. Is she and called look, soap here's milks? Her, uh, I'm, yeah. well, I'm looking at the same picture right now, Sarah. She's lathering. Uh, she's a lathering up. Uh, she says she's lathering up her business. I'm just going to say the one picture she had of her happy family. Her baby is bawling. And is so upset. I would, I would, I would be, be pissed so too if you were making me rub breast milk on my face. She says that the breast milk soap actually is a mixture of a couple of different soaps as well as oils, and it will soften your skin, reduce redness, oiliness, acne, sensitivity, and itchiness. We gotta try this. This is all. These are all unbiased claims by some crazy lady who spends six weeks and keeps gallons of her breast milk just to make soap. Do you understand it takes her four to six weeks to make a a thing of breast milk soap? Yeah. Well, I think people love that kind of stuff. People are always into like more of a natural, different type of cure. I'm sure she's doing really well. People like love anything like this. Oh, God. It's like drinking your placenta smoothie. Okay, really? You know, it's the same thing. Like, so you're telling me, are you gonna are you gonna be that person that uses breast milk soap, drinks placenta smoothies? The placenta smoothie, I would say, would be rough. But why? It's supposed to be know. great for your system, Sarah. Some crazy lady from 300 years ago said so, and now we all still believe it. How do you? Know? By the way, I can't sound serious when I jingle when I move my arms. <laughs> Every time I try to move away. my arms, I don't sound serious. Um, anyhow, Soap Nuts is her company, and you can Google in Australia if you want to order some. You can order her breast milk soap. So I didn't see what it costs, but I'm sure it's not cheap since it takes her months and months to manufacture this. Interesting form. You could start. I'm sure there's somebody here in the U.S. that does it. Um, if you want to follow a woman who claims that she has sleeping beauty syndrome or she'll sleep for months at a time, you can do that on her Facebook. She's actually she's super attractive. Have you seen what she looks like? What, the lady that does the breast milk soap? No, no, no. That, that woman just looks like... I was like, going to say. No, have you seen this woman who... Uh, Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to say her, her do name it. right. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Go. Oh, actually, sorry, sorry. Um, Beth Goodyear was diagnosed with, um, this is what I'm not going to say right, Klein, I think it's Klein-Levin syndrome, where she'll fall asleep and she won't wake up properly for months. This is shocking to me. She lives in England, um, and Beth is really pretty. She is encouraging people to follow her. Sometimes she'll sleep anywhere from 20 hours a day. She'll get up only briefly. She's trying to exercise, but so far she's not been able to find a cure for her disease. Some people are skeptical that she really has the disease, that in fact maybe this condition uh, has more to do with depression and her living circumstances. Her mom and Beth say that it's offensive when people say that. She's trying to maintain normalcy. Stay awake to have a boyfriend and friends. 
Sleeping? I had no idea that Sleeping Beauty Syndrome existed. Sounds good to me. I love to sleep. Nine hours. I mean, hours. yeah, but still, 20 hours a day? I know. 22 hours a day? That's insane. Do you, I, but, like, it's got to be, like, detrimental to your body. You know what I mean? You think she's trying to get a reality show, or do you think she's trying to get help? That'll be one boring fucking reality show, Sarah. <laughs> She's asleep all the time. Here you go. She's asleep again. Can't wait for episode two. Well, my thought was that she could have one of those. You know how they do like the eagle cam here in D.C. when the eagles are being born? But for like two months up to it, they'll just have the eagle cam so you do nothing but sit and watch these birds sit on the eggs. Like that would be her. You just watch her sleep. Just watch her sleep because, you know, people look really attractive and do really attractive things when they're sleeping, Sarah. (laughs) I think it would be so fascinating. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anyhow, so you can follow her. Beth Goodyear is her name. And she has... I never heard of Sleeping Beauty Syndrome. Ever. Bold. Interesting. Yeah. Um, any stories that you want to... Any topics that are going on in your life? I know I kind what's of surprised your, you. I actually had a question. I want to know what's your sick protocol. Do you and Dan have a sick protocol? Oh, what does that mean? Like a protocol that the second one of you starts to get sick, it immediately goes in this protocol, and that's how you guys take care of it. Do you have a sick protocol? No, I don't. What's it to you? Well, no, I don't. But my friends are telling me that I need to have a sick protocol because I may have tainted my relationship recently. Okay, so you guys have worked through the snoring thing, but now the sick protocol may have... I may have fucked it up with a sick protocol. Okay, so I'm just going to warn do? you this. It's going to be, for the next however long I'm in this relationship, you're just going to hear about how I fuck it up every other week. So that's just what I do. <laughs> that's just what I do. I think everybody can relate. So sick protocol, my friends are telling me that they actually have, and my friends that are married, they go, oh yeah, we know it. So the second one of us starts getting ill, it goes into sick protocol where that person is not allowed to go out. They have to go straight to the bedroom. They stay in the bedroom. I don't go in the bedroom. I sleep on the couch. Like They actually have a protocol in which separates the sick person from the rest of the family so that they don't get everyone else infected. So, and you did not do and this. And I do not have a sick protocol because when I get sick, I just go hang out with my friends. I share joints. I share drinks. And I get everyone else sick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the issue is how I don't have a sick protocol now that the lady friend has gotten sick. Oh, so now, now she, she wants one. Now, now it's my fault. My friends are like, Sam, you don't understand. You're actually just playing with fire because you can't get a girl sick like that when she has a job and a life and stuff like that and expect her to not hold that against you. You need to have a sick protocol. Like, you need to have, like, you know, an emergency. It's just like how you teach your kids. If there's a fire. You walk to this exit. You take down the ladder. You go down. You know what I mean? Like, you have a protocol that's set up for emergency situations, one of which they say is, like, when you're sick. And so, you have to have one. In any surviving relationship, they have a sick protocol. And what would you do? Just stay away for like 24 hours? So it's what your protocol is. You guys have to figure that out. And I guess my friends are like, yeah, I I talked to a bunch of other friends of mine too. And they all have sick protocols in their relationship. That the second, like, so one guy, he goes, oh yeah, the second I get sick or the second she gets sick, right? It's cool for me. That's like my time off. That's when I come and I hang out at the bar. I'll go spend more of my time at the restaurants that he owns. He's working there till late. He spends all his time away. Then when he goes home, he sleeps in the basement. So that way he keeps it completely separate. And literally he's like, the only person that we have mutual contact with when we're sick, like we don't even have contact with each other. We completely keep ourselves like, we'll text, we'll call, but we don't actually have physical contact. The only person who does is our child. Wow. And even then he's like, I'm usually spraying him down with like Lysol before I let him come near me after they've been with mom. Uh, well, that's And so I was wondering question. like, you guys, yeah, it's like, do you and Dan not have a, you guys, I figured you guys we would have definitely had a sick protocol because... He can't miss coaching soccer games, and you can't miss, like, shows. Like, we have to, whether we're sick or not, we still have to show up and do our job. We do not have a sick protocol, and I would say we're probably sick, like, twice a year. 
And I don't know. We just sort of get sick together. It's kind of like if one, although, but you know me, you know, I used to get sick more often because I had a sensitive tummy. So Dan wouldn't really, like, I don't know, Dan is more of an iron stomach. Like when we were involved in that food poisoning incident. Uh, you want to talk incident, about the, which one? The well, burger fig place or fig and olive? Okay, oh, yeah, that's that other one. You have a bunch, Sarah. <laughs> the fig and olive one when we got salmonella. Like it didn't hit Dan nearly as badly as it did me. Like I was out for like two days. Like I had a fever, chills. Like I was in bed. So I think Dan thinks he's somewhat immune to some of my sicknesses, so he doesn't take it as seriously. Yeah. You know, but um, no, we don't. But I think that's fascinating. I'm sure a lot of people do. I was just wondering if you had a but sick I protocol. Know, like, you, I feel like you need a sick... I feel like that's the one thing I gotta do. You know, like, I need to set up a sick protocol so that we know. It's like... All right, cool. The second you're coming down to something, great. My only job is for me to stop by, give you some soup, leave you some food, feed your cat, and then walk out. You know what I mean? Or do like, you know what I mean? Like, so that way it's the sick. Everyone knows you must do this whenever you're sick. It's almost like an emergency situation. I love it. And you think that Monica wants one too? She's like down. She's like, hey. You keep on repeating her name, by the way. I have not said her name once on the air. Oh, are we not supposed to use her name? I don't you know. Never I've, never asked, I've never asked her. Have you asked her if I could use her name? Oh, I don't know. It's your relationship. So yeah, I never you should tell it. me. <laughs> I don't know. Well, too late now. Now you know her name. Good luck. All yeah. right. Um, here are the things that women need to stop doing if they want to get ahead in the workplace. I thought this was interesting because I'm always curious, like, how people, especially women, I feel like, you know, we are so much more sensitive. Like, we do care more. So it's like, how do you, how do you navigate through that in relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one remains always saying that you're sorry. Um, and it's funny because outside of our podcast, when I work at other places, places that I know two guys that are ones that are always apologizing and people always call them out and I'm just like I apologize for a lot of stuff but I don't mean I don't actually think I say I'm sorry but I want you to know that I truly am not sorry I just say it as an as a, as a reflex now oh well that's, so like you know what I mean it's like I find myself don't you feel like that's hurting your career then? I feel that's like it does hurt me yeah, it does yeah. hurt my career because I say it but I say it more as like a polite thing because my mother always taught me like hey Sammy when you're trying to walk through a crowd of people say excuse me say you're sorry and so now I'll sit there, and even though it has nothing to do with me, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry about that. Well, number two on the list is letting the man talk first. We always stop short of talking over men. We bite our tongues, wait our turn. Uh, there are many things that we're passionate about, and we always have something to say. But how many times have we been mid-sentence, our voices continue, and then you're cut off by a guy? Exactly. Exactly, Sarah. What do you... Yeah, right. I was doing that. That was, that was what I was doing. I was going to say, I feel like I know other women, too, that that cut each other off. Uh, worrying about our appearance is big. Mm. I can understand that one. I think you got to... It's such a fine balance. That's so stupid. About worrying about your appearance? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what do you think? You've What have you done? I'm wearing a sleeveless Christmas <laughs> sweater with bells on it, Sarah. Clearly, my appearance does not mean jack shit to me. <laughs> So. I think it's more pressure, though, for women. There still is that pressure. To, and I'll tell you at Fox, I mean, the whole thing is about appearance. So, yeah, it's really hard to go in there and remain and have great body, positive body image when you're basically judged on what you look like. Which is, I mean, I'm not going to say anything more, actually. I should shut my mouth on this one. <laughs> uh, letting the guy decide. Um, so they say that this is in any partnership at work. It, basically sticking to the whole um, speaking up part. But they say speak up, uh, say what you want, and don't just always go with what the guy wants. Um, and they say, this one too, the last one on the list, is being afraid of being alone, which I thought was really interesting because I figured that was more about in relationships. Um, but they say, too, your relationships that you have outside of work also impact your work. They say the more confident you are outside of work in your relationships, boom, the better it is 
when you're in the workplace. So there's some lists. And also jumping to conclusions. I think that's a big one, too. Well, I always, yeah, you can. It's easy to jump to conclusions unless you really talk to people and find out what they want. It's hard. I was trying to jump to a conclusion there, but I couldn't think of one in time. Sorry, I was trying to be funny, but I couldn't think of a conclusion. <laughs> oh, in time. thanks. Okay, thanks yeah, a yeah, lot. You know, Jeez. I was trying to jump to a conclusion there yeah. for you. Uh, just a couple last stories here, too. The other one is: um, Have you read this? That fashion now that Donald Trump is going to be our president is going to become more extravagant. That history tells us that when people are in times of distress or like they're concerned about government, they become more flamboyant in dress. I feel like this will be one of the only positives here about Trump. I'm excited about this. Oh, my God. So all my Elton John throwbacks can finally come out? Bring it on. Uh, that's according according to this um, psychologist. She forecasts that you're going to see um, a, big, or a big change in what people are wearing, that men will become more flamboyant in their outfits uh, as well as women. She says you're going to see bigger hair, larger glasses. Please tell me Carl Kanai is coming back. Please, please, whatever Lord universe you are out there, please tell me that Carl Kanai is coming back because I would love that. Um, she says that if Hillary Clinton had won, you probably would see an uptick in pantsuits. pantsuits. No shit. That people would be wearing more pantsuits. They say the same thing happened to when Jackie Kennedy was first lady. More people dressed more demure and had, you know, the matching skirt and everything. But now where things are so on certain get ready now we're all gonna you you could be going back to fake tans bleachier blonde hair yes yes (laughs) highlights i want highlights i want frosted tips i want frosted tips on men to come back okay wouldn't that be amazing frosted tips and goatees oh oh and then chokers bring back chokers Chokers already back no but i want like the really ugly chokers like not like the subtle chokers that women wear now the choker is i love the choker like the one that you would buy from american eagle yeah, they, and it was made out of hemp, and you're like, yeah, I got oh, a hemp that choker. One, the sun choker. That's what I want. That's what I'm talking those about. Those were pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, also, hey, what do you think, too? Do you think those PETA ads where all the celebrities are getting naked are actually helping PETA? Like, do you think that that's been a great campaign for them to raise uh, more money? I mean, it gets people to talk about them because it's naked celebrities. Yeah, it does. But do you know it doesn't really translate for them to get more money? Really? Yeah. I guess that would have made sense to me. So they say that uh, PETA has seen an uptick since they've started doing their nude celebrity PETA ads. Uh, they see more traffic to the site, but donations just slowly increase and still dip like anything else. It doesn't actually correlate with more donations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on PETA. <laughs> You're not a PETA fan? No, 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 Sarah. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on PETA because I do work with PETA. I was going to so. say, yeah, you should be like a, I would think a PETA activist. You love a animals. PETA activist? Okay, let's, no, let's. Oh, well, you do eat meat, I, I am guess, staying, right. like I said, I'm staying out of this, so I don't want to be on either side of this one because I have investments on both sides. So. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's it for our show. So, that's it. Thanks, yes. Sarah. Follow I'll- us on social media at HeyFrage, at Sammy K, and you can always email us to Sarah at HeyFrage and Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, yeah. Ring it out. Ring it out, y'all. Ring it out.